0: Hey, who made you with this jockey? Welcome from all of us to all of you. If you wanna know how glad we are to have you with us, just you listen. I am welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlife Podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. After yet another unscheduled one week break. Oops. Look, man, we were on vacation. We can't We can't do everything all the time.
1: Wait, we, we tried.
0: We, well, yeah, we made an effort. We just, we got home late. There was, and look, we thought, oh, we'll do a whole show about video games. This is the, uh, last week is when we went up to, uh, Fun Spot in, uh, uh what is it? Lake Winnipesaukee in mm-hmm. New Hampshire. I don't know. The GPS tells me how to get there. I don't even know what the name of it is anymore. And, uh, yeah, we played video games for three days. Old 80s video games. Pole so, position was broken. Yeah. So Amanda was heartbroken just to, just to walk into the door.
1: I was, I was joyous and then, Downheart, downhearted, down, trodden. I don't know, I'm tired, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <the> sober.
0: W- <laughs> uh, that's all right, we'll get you some scotch, it's going to be fine, you're going to be all right, you somehow, you it, we, have risky. Got, we have gotten through this show sober before. I no. did play Centipede, I got a personal best on Centipede, that was all right. There you go, I cleared this, no I didn't clear this, I got to, no I did clear the second rack on Tron, I could have cleared the third. But it's, yeah, we thought about, oh, we'll do a show about uh, video games. Well, none of these video games all have a plot, the depth of a urine sample. I mean, <laughs> h- how much can you talk about Centipede? I hit my personal best.
1: I watched some guy, though. Like, the second day we were there, we were there it was, he was older than us, and he was playing with with purpose. It, it, I would walk by occasionally, and it was, like, six-digit Centipede score. <laughs> and he was just there.
0: Well, it's, even there, the story would have been to talk to that guy. The story's yeah. not Centipede. <laughs> Yeah, the story, oh, you've been playing centipede for 10 hours. What's happening? Well, the Can centipede you keeps legs? coming. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, frankly, I've lost my left leg. <laughs> yeah, since this is my hobby, I've got kidney stones that are just terrible. I wake up screaming. This is all I have. My family's left me.
1: This and sciatica.
0: <laughs> centipede and sciatica. That's going to be the name of my next punk band. I swear to God. <laughs> I was
1: – and I. this always happens every year that we go. I, I'm always surprised at how broken I feel the next day. All I did was stand up, walk around, and play video games. Yeah, for six hours. That's why I feel broken.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, and I, I'd have killed the duo when I was 12 years old. But yeah. when I was 12 years old, m- my legs worked better. <laughs> and I wasn't dealing with the fact that I drank about 10 beers the night before. And, yeah, the – the the classic arcade shit is up on the third floor. So if you want to go investigate anything else or get something to drink or to eat, you got to go down the stairs. Now this is about to sound like we're decrepit, but <laughs> they're the really steep stairs and particularly yeah, if you've been standing in front of the pac-man machine the other thing is these machines i've learned as i have grown (laughs) into adulthood are really meant at they're at a particular height so they can be played by 10 year olds yes because their quarters you know go to the mafia just as easily as anybody else's at least back in the 80s but the problem is when you're six feet tall yeah you you're bent over the pac-man joystick (laughs) at a weird 30 degree angle Sort of supporting yourself with your left hand while trying to work the joystick with your right, which sounds like the beginning of a terrible erotic story. But no, all it means is, yeah, your back gets all fucked up. and you know.
1: No, you're working your core, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm working my core playing Pac-Man. I, I, I wasn't able to sell that shit to my mom when I was 12. I sure shit can't do it now. But that, ultimately, that's, that's you can't do a whole show about that. No. I played Pac-Man and did pretty good.
1: That's the end of the story. I played Pac-Man. It was good. It was
0: okay. <laughs> did you play Cubert? Yes. It I, was okay. I sucked at Cubert. I sucked at Cubert at twelve. I suck at it now. That's the other problem with half of these games. They call it a museum. <laughs> Museums take better care of their shit. The the Cubert stick it's stuck. If you tried <laughs> to go down to the left, did you had to hammer it like like you were like it owed you money. <laughs> the uh, the star wars machine i got to play once and then i went back and uh it, it, somehow it had broken so it only showed on half the screen mm. uh the, the alpine ski somehow they wired the screen upside, upside down. down yeah that was good
1: uh, <laughs> millipede was all screwed up so the the very far left was off the screen so you couldn't see fleas coming
0: <laughs> yeah and that's a problem yeah. in the place of that many kids you want to see the fleas coming <laughs> Uh, yeah, thank God when we played air hockey, there was nobody near us. At least twice we sent the puck into just weird orbit, like tooth-shattering orbit. <laughs> we'd, have, we'd have That was pretty awesome. We'd have put a kid in a permanent Nick Fury cosplay mode if if you'd stand and try to play next and it's to New us. Hampshire
1: and I think they might have a stand your ground law, so
0: <laughs> Oh, yeah, we we'd have taken a bullet. This would have been pure self-defense.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> I, when, when we go to this place, I never play any of the ticket games. Yeah. The good thing about it is, all the ticket games are on the first and second floor. Yep. You, you know the drill with these things. It's like at, at any modern arcade or amusement place. It's, oh, you play the video poker or the stuff that's meant to be like gambling and you get tickets. And if you get enough tickets, you can go up to the counter and get something of value. Like <laughs> if you got 4,000 tickets, you can get a pencil eraser cap that looks like Cthulhu or some <laughs> shit. And I I got a buddy who I work with. He's like, oh, you're going to Fun Spot. When I was a kid, we had Fun Spot pint glasses. Get me a couple of Fun Spot pint glasses. I'm like, no problem. Well, they don't sell them. They're behind the fucking counter. So I go up, I'm like... Can I buy a pint glass? They're like, no, they're 500 tickets apiece. I mean, can I buy 500 tickets? No, you have to play to get 500 tickets. Can I mug a 10-year-old for his fucking tickets? And No, we frown on that. <laughs> it's a family place. So I'm like, how hard can it be to get 500 tickets? I've seen six-year-olds toddling around with their arms full of tickets like they're trying to save them from a flood. Like every round of Skee-Ball, Alyssa, it's like a ticket. Well, that's what I like. <laughs> It's a you look at, all right, what sells tickets? And there's video poker. And I don't have a good enough poker face to beat the machine, which feels nothing and can interpret nothing. Uh, they have one of these things. Oh, you roll a bowling ball up over a hump. And if you can somehow do it with not enough inertia for it to come back, it like laughs in your face and gives you a ticket. <laughs> something like that. Uh, the, some kind
1: of whack-a-mole game that like spits tickets at you.
0: Uh, yeah, and I'm like, I'm gonna elbow the fucking six year old out of the way to play whack a mole. Yeah, the, the, that's and then. The,
1: there's some other ones that, that are just like, you know, th- throw your tokens in the machine and take your chances.
0: <laughs> yeah, just, uh, pure animal gambling. Just yeah. like, uh, like Plinko for the desperate. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh God, I need a pack of gum, but the convenience store is six miles away, and they <laughs> they repoed my car, and the only way I can get the taste of jizz that. I've out of my mouth. This is pack of gum for six thousand tickets. Tell me about your plinko
1: experiences, Rob. <laughs> I've, I've, very detailed.
0: I've had a, I've I've done some things I regret.
1: At plinko, yeah. <laughs> including playing plinko.
0: And I got the big wheel, you know, like the big. Uh, Price is Right yeah. wheel, where it's in big money, no whammy. And it's, <laughs> yeah, there's the one spot that says 500 tickets, but there's others, it, it, it may grab like your...
1: first firstborn c- child.
0: Yeah. But, <laughs> but it, I'm looking around at the quality of human being playing these games, and I'm like, all right, I need to lose weight, but I don't think I have a diagnosis like this gentleman who's somehow lurching onto the wheel like it's the only thing keeping him upright. That dude clearly was kicked out of Kino. Yeah. <laughs> So, so it's like, fine, I'll try skee-ball. How bad can <laughs> skee-ball be? Well, Amanda has a little bit of talent at skee-ball, and uh, I do not. I, th- there's, there's the big loser ring that everybody gets in that gives you like 10 points. I hit that about 6 out of 10. And then there's the middle one that if, if you're not you know, twitching with dementia and Parkinson's, you should be able to hit. I think I got that twice. And so, yeah, for my... 90 seconds of effort, I, I got three tickets. So I played skee-ball like three times. I wound up with literally 11 <laughs> tickets, and I'm like, I'm sorry, Joe. You're going to have to cup your hands to drink or put your head under the faucet. I'm not getting your fucking glasses.
1: I, I think you should have just given him the tickets and just said, you know, here, we've started a fund.
0: I showed him. I, sh- <laughs> I showed him the tickets. I'm like, they were 500 apiece, and this is what I was able to get in 10 minutes of skee-ball. You could buy your own fucking glasses. <laughs> did, did he take it Okay. Uh he did. He was fine. Okay. So, that's good. That that's the entire literally that's all the stories. That is all the stories. You can't do an entire episode about Fun Spot. It's a great place to spend 3 days it if is. you are an a classic video game fan and find yourself in New Hampshire.
1: They had a Jurassic Park game downstairs. that was alright, but like was like many tokens in order to be even effective getting off of one level.
0: That's because it is the one like modern arcade machine that has been produced in the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, you sat in it, and it really had the spirit of Jurassic Park. And <laughs> that, okay, you sit here, and we're going to simulate you're in a Jeep, and you're holding a mini gun. <laughs> And your goal is to murder as many dinosaurs who are an accident of science and didn't ask to be born, but if you could just machine gun them into oblivion almost indiscriminately as as if quail at a vice presidential fucking retreat, it certainly captured the spirit that uh, what's his name from Parks and yeah. Recreation as the smiling dude trying to... Trying to befriend the dinosaur. Chris Pratt. Chris yeah. Pratt yes. Yeah, because they even
1: wanted you to waste the herbivores. Was That's just right.
0: <laughs> just just mow down the herbivores. Just do it. They got my dick message. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like the one modern video game I've seen probably in ten years that came out. Not ten years. The, the last one I think I saw was a Terminator Salvation game. Yeah. Which is yet another. You don't get just standard arcade cabinets anymore. Now it's an experience. It needs to be this giant thing, almost with 3D. Almost. And it's a, yeah, the Terminator Salvation. Yeah, it was huge and had like the size of an old projection Sony. And you got a big rifle that, you know, you can fire grenades and shit from. And yeah, same thing with Jurassic Park. No, it kind of looks like a Jeep. Yeah. And you machine gun the fucking herbivores. (laughs) Take this, crime against God! But yeah, otherwise, yeah, it's old pinball and shit, and so yeah, we wound up not getting home until really particularly late and just didn't have a chance to record a show. Plus, last week was a busy week because the other thing, again, that has nothing to do with the show, but uh, yeah, I've been uh, looking for a new job, and finally one has come through, but... Whenever that happens, it means yeah, I had interviews and shit that I've had to do, which means I've been busy during the week. You know, our big long vacation. I did like three phone screeners and two in-person <laughs> interviews, so it was particularly fucking restful. And then yeah, I had to deal with the negotiation and everything last week. So then everything set great, everything's set up. I've accepted, and oh shit, I got to do all this stuff for a background check. And at some point this week, I got to go pee in a cup because you know I I, I develop software. <laughs> maybe a side gig of the job that wasn't on the description was driving a school bus full of kids perhaps, or, or perhaps a Jeep with a minigun, to down. <laughs> crimes against nature. You don't want somebody, you know, toked up on goofballs. Fucking no, doing that gosh. Job. so yeah, it's been an eventful couple of weeks. So we just weren't able to get to a, a show last week and this show, it's going to be another one. in The series of a few It's going to be a little bit loose because we're taping this particularly late on Sunday. We're still going to try to get it up on the air tonight air on the internet tonight (laughs) uh it might not be until tomorrow just because yeah it's it's getting late because
1: you'll know when we know
0: yeah i didn't have a chance to to sit down and do any kind of preparation for the show until uh, jesus about uh, two and a half hours ago so shit's been busy yo (laughs) it it
1: is but why don't we talk to the nice people about what what it is that we put together or you specifically
0: i think i'm done thank you for listening (laughs)
1: I had I had the suggestion because you were like, Oh, what are we gonna talk about?
0: Yeah, like, it was, uh, things have been so busy yesterday, literally, Amanda, I'm like, Amanda, I don't know what this week's show is. I don't know. And, and I
1: said, Have you seen Mark Wade's Twitter feed lately? And he said, No. And I said, Gosh, he seems awfully angry about the Flash TV show.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, you did say that. And uh yes, he did seem that. So so yeah, so some backstory into this. And it's not, this is not just going to be about uh, Mark Wade. It's going to be sort of about adaptations in general, and yes. it seems like a good time to sort of get into this subject. Because yeah, between Batman versus Superman, we've got Civil War coming out next week. We've got The Flash and Arrow coming into their season finales now.
1: The Gem and the Holograms movie.
0: Shut your filthy <laughs> mouth! You stop it.
1: <laughs> That's
0: me ruining things.
1: We we didn't even see that. I appreciate you're not demanding it.
0: I know you've got some fond memories of the 80s property, it'll, but... It'll be on cable eventually. I, I did not drag you to either G.I. <laughs> Joe movie or any Transformers movie. True. We,
1: we, no, we watched Transformers one time drunk on TV.
0: Yeah, on TV. I, I did, I'll handle the TV and I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it drunk. I'm just saying we live in a state of mutually assured destruction <laughs> given modern adaptations of it's 80s properties. So, so let's all be cool. Everybody be cool. Where is it? God damn it. Everybody be cool. You
1: be cool. I'll just have to wait for the dazzler Easter egg that's going to be in X-Men Apocalypse.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> and that'll be when I leap in front of the bus. <laughs> so. But you won't be
1: driving it because you got to pee in a cup and pass that.
0: I'm going to pass it. <laughs> I, that's the thing. I'm a drunk. I'm a drinker. <laughs> I don't use any other drugs. I don't, I'm not worried about peeing in the cup. The pain in the ass is shit. I got to drive two towns over to, pee in a cup. to go pee. Which means I have to be in the car <laughs> in Boston traffic, having to pee. Yeah, it sucks. This is this is not. I've I haven't had to pee in a cup for any job since 1993, and that was at the you know at the tail end of, of maybe, 80s drug hysteria.
1: Maybe it's not a drug test so much as a, a, a temperament test, what, an aiming test. <laughs> <laughs> it's if you get there and you're not in a seething road rage, you pass.
0: Well. All right, if anybody's hiring, because clearly I'm going to need a new gig. <laughs> It'll get done. It'll all get done. But in the meantime, yeah. Let's, let's talk about adaptations. Running around like a spaz. So yeah, it's to get back to the original idea behind uh, this particular episode, you know, if you, if you listen to the show, you know that we're fans of The Flash on the DCW. And I will fucking make that a thing. <laughs> I don't care how long it takes, how many times I have to repeat it. You go, baby. So... <laughs> Anyway, a couple of weeks ago, uh, it was episode 18, Uh, the episode was versus Zoom, Uh, the dude who uh, is Zoom on the show, or Black Flash, or whatever, uh, told the Flash gang that he was actually Hunter Zolomon from Earth 2. But he still had Jay Garrick's face, but he said he'd never really been Jay Garrick. And he had the backwards origin story from Flash, because mm-hmm. where Flash, his new origin story is he watched his mother get killed by a speedster in this. He was the speedster, but he watched his father kill his mother. Um, So, yes, it really made him the real opposite version of the Flash, unlike reverse Flash, who you would think, based on the clever moniker, mm. would be the... anyway before I get any angry emails, I know that Black Flash is not Zoom in the comic books. I know Black Flash, he's the embodiment of death for speedsters.
1: Perhaps we want to go with, like, the Dark Flash or, you know.
0: (laughs) No, we can go with Zoom. It's just when I first saw the black costume, I'm like, oh, Jesus, it's Black Flash. uh, But no, he's Zoom. He's Zoom. Yes, he's Zoom. So, yeah, it's... In watching it, I really didn't think anything about it. It's like, okay, you're not you're not Jay Garrick or see, I don't when I watched it I really really didn't take into account that he was and I'm confusing myself because this really is kind of convoluted because he showed up as Jay Garrick
1: He did and he was wearing the, and the, he was wearing the hat like the the end of season 1 like the big thing that was the tease for season 2 was the the iconic Jay Garrick flash hat came tumbling out of the wormhole
0: Yes but all through this season he appeared as Jay Garrick but without his powers and he used Velocity 9 to get them back and then we saw Zoom kill Jay Garrick but it turns out Zoom was Jay Garrick and now he's saying he was never Jay Garrick
1: well, Zoom was, was, the, was the individual who appeared to be Jay Garrick and was presenting himself as such
0: yes but it's, it really, it is confusing as all good comic books kind of should be if you give them enough continuity.
1: But they also they also, you know, kind of gave you the foreshadowing that all was was not right because as they were looking for various doppelgangers on Barry Allen's Earth, they couldn't find a Jay Garrick doppelganger. They found a Hunter Zolomon that was the doppelganger of the individual who was calling himself Jay Garrick.
0: Right. The overall point being <laughs> This has been extremely convoluted. I don't think there has been anything here to indicate that, oh, this is a complete renunciation of the concept of Jay Garrick and an Earth 2 Flash. Yeah. Uh, but so I watched it and didn't think anything in particular about it. It didn't bother me. I mean. Yeah.
1: And also, I was, I was expecting it because, again, they they said that his doppelganger was Hunter Zolomon. So if you're familiar with. The Flash's universe, you know that that's a bad guy,
0: <laughs> right? So uh, yeah, so it's... you're just
1: waiting for the reveal.
0: So yeah, the, the idea that you know, oh, maybe there's no Jay Garrick, there is only Zoom. <laughs> that might have bothered me when I was like 14 years old, but yeah. I mean, ever since Crisis on Infinite Earths, I, I have learned to of any character. If you like the Flash, you learn to embrace changes in the Flash and the Flash's continuity. Right. And Mark Wade, however, freaked the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. (laughs) Well, so, yeah, on April 20th, uh, Wade tweeted, and I'll just quote him out, wow, 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 for the first time the Flash face-planted an episode slash reveal betrayed any goodwill, sorry I watched, Uh, hashtag heartbroken. Jesus. Uh, Second tweet, my complaint is bigger than plot, it's about pissing on Legacy. Oh, dear. Unless there's some J-fix, I'm out. And then finally, stay humble, remember there is nothing. Nothing, all caps, nothing. You can create that someone else cannot destroy. So, right after he did all this tweeting, Greg Berlanti, who's one of the showrunners of The Flash, he tweeted, uh, For those inquiring, <coughs> excuse me, for those inquiring, we love Jay Garrick and would never make him a baddie.
1: Because they didn't. It was Hunter fucking Solomon. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, no reinvention. Keep watching Smiley Face Emoticon. Love that you're asking cues.
1: I guess that means questions, right?
0: Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> and I guess "baddie" means bad guy. That's a British thing, isn't it? Or,
1: or he was just trying to save characters because he only has 140 because Twitter.
0: Uh, yeah, I got to get off Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so after that, Wade pulled back and he said, "Okay, as long as there's something else, I'm I'm not quite as angry." But all right, so so before we go on about Wade's reaction to this particular thing and how it ties into with all the adaptations that we have to. Not have to that we enjoy seeing of a lot of our favorite comic book properties. Yeah, if Hunter Zolomon is not Jay Garrick, but Greg Berlanti is saying that Jay Garrick is not being crapped on with this whole thing, how, how do you th- how do you think? I have a theory. My my theory probably is shit, because I'm still sitting here going on the theory from a show we did a year and a half ago, waiting for the reveal that somewhere in the multiverse is the 1990s Flash TV show.
1: And I, and I think that you still have some legs on that, because Tina McGee and the Trickster are being played by the people who were those roles in the
0: 90s show. It may well have legs, but for right now, until it happens, I still look <laughs> like a dope. And I am okay with that, but... <laughs> So, yes, I have a theory I'm interested in. Do you have any theories based on what we've seen, well, how I, this could play out, where Jay Garrick could fit in? I think
1: it's a lot of much ado about nothing. I I I get people feeling betrayed because they wanted to believe that it was Jay Garrick and the actor. They did a really, really great job casting an actor who, once you got past the fact that he wasn't the right age, <laughs> had... <Yes. laughs> Um, had a a really sort of believable kind of fatherly mentoring persona that was Jay Garrick-like. However, um, they dropped enough hints that he was Hunter Zolomon and were able to cleverly um, sort of hide the fact that the speed came from Velocity (laughs) 9. By giving him velocity nine. (laughs)
0: Let's play another exciting episode of Hide the Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) That that sounds filthy.
1: (laughs) The role (laughs) of Zoom in this particular reader's play will be played by salami. Now I don't really. (laughs) I'm twelve, so.
0: That's part of what makes this fun. Yeah,
1: no, but I mean, I I I think they dropped enough hints, and I think they were able to, you know, because if if Jay had gotten Jay and you know fake bunny air quotes had gotten his powers back from... um, It would have been blue lightning anyway that they would have had to explain. Right. (laughs) I'm struggling more now with... It's kind of like in in wrestling. I don't watch a lot of wrestling, but I've read about it. Um, (laughs) Or wrestle... Sports entertainment, I guess, is what they're going by now. <laughs>
0: oh, whatever.
1: But uh, you have you have these characters who are introduced and they're they're good guys, they're they're baby faces, and then all of a sudden, oh, no, you, you mean a character
0: like? Sugar Bear! Fuck you so much!
1: I can't even. All right. <laughs> They start off as baby faces; they're good guys. Everybody wants to be on their side, and then they root for them. And then all of a sudden, they decide for for purposes of the plot. Now they're going to be a bad guys; they're they're a heel, and then, and then you feel betrayed because you liked the baby face, and that's what happened here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god, yeah, it, it is wrestling just written on a just drawn on a page. <laughs>
1: all right, but what I'm st- what I'm trying to st- go along with now is all right. This this is a guy that I, I liked in in this particular capacity, even though I kind of knew this was coming am i going to believe him as a really uber bad guy and i'm i'm not quite there yet but we'll y- see
0: yeah i mean zoom's actions certainly you you have to say yep okay that 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 guy's a dick Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah without the face on it it's yeah there's still a certain cognitive dissonance yeah when he that's takes there. the
1: mask off and and it's it's you know the the character formerly known, known as jagerick right i was <laughs> uh, like oh, i don't know <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it, he's no Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, give him that. He's no Anthony Hopkins.
1: No, but on the other hand, what they're doing right now in terms of this sort of twisted um, love interest thing, where he's kidnapped Caitlin, who is trying to appeal in vain to his better nature, and it's backfiring hideously. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, we'll we'll see. I I I have hope for how it's resolved. And also, you've got the guy. Um, wearing the the mask, who's behind, um, the the plexiglass and can't get out. Who's it's implied he's a speedster, so he's going to turn out to either be Jay Garrick or Johnny Quick.
0: Yeah, I was originally thinking Johnny Quick, and you put me on that one because yeah, the a full face mask would certainly prevent you from saying the magic. Yeah, Johnny if he's Quick got a ball formula. gag
1: under there, he can't really. Oh, it's... Even if he's tapping it out like he's Trigger. Just
0: just because <laughs> Warren Ellis did the whole underwear perverts thing doesn't mean we have to bring ball <laughs> gags into this. We really don't have to.
1: that's no, Earth 2. They seem kind of
0: weird. uh, Yeah, but weird in a straight-laced way, because <laughs> uh, didn't they say, you know, oh, Hunter Zolomon was rare because we don't have many serial killers on Earth 2.
1: Yeah, what are they putting in their water over there?
0: <laughs> uh, saltpeter. Apparently. <laughs> So, so Caitlin's totally safe.
1: Although an argument against him being Johnny Quick is um they they kind of cutely called Jesse Jesse Quick at the end of her last big episode and it was like a loving dad nickname as opposed to anything with real teeth.
0: Yeah, but Jesse Quick was was in the comic books. And she, she was, was actually the Flash for a while when Mark Ray, Mark I think it was when Wade was her. See, part of the problem is when Mark Wade took over the Flash, yeah. he had a huge run on it for like almost the entire 90s up until like 2000 or so. And then I think that's when Jeff Johns took over. Yeah. But that 1993, and I loved The Flash starting from Mike Barron's run, although I, I read Flash all through when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh Up until William Messler Loeb's did it. But right around, yeah, 92, 93 is when I was broke and finishing college and just starting my new job and that corresponded with, okay, I can't afford to buy all the comics in the world and frankly, uh, Spider Clones and Dead Superman, I think I'm gonna buy vertigo comics. <laughs> so a lot of Mark Wade's run and Jeff Johns run I did not read because I didn't start to get more back into the superhero comics until the the late, late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. So I've bought a lot of those trades, but in my head I can't keep track of all of them because yeah, I forget certain areas are Mark Wade and certain areas are Jeff Johns. In general I can keep track of it with Okay, if it's really, really focused on uh, Flash and Legacy with bringing in Max Mercury mm. and Jay Garrick, and that's probably most likely Mark Wade. If it's uh, Wally in a situation where, uh, oh, he has suddenly decided he's more blue collar, uh, all right, that's probably Jeff Johns. But yeah. It's hard for me to keep track because I, was... I, I grab the <clears throat> trades, catch as catch can.
1: Yeah. Now, all I was saying though about the the Jesse Quick thing is if if you if you make it a cutesy dad nickname. <laughs> It sort of takes the the importance of the name down a notch.
0: <laughs> oh, it kind of does. But at the same time, what I think is going to happen is I think we're going to find out we're going to merge the two characters. It's going to yeah. be Jay Garrick is under that mask, the real Jay Garrick. Yeah. Uh, but he will have gotten his power with the Johnny Quick formula. Possibly, yeah. Because if you sort of imply by Hunter Zolomon's origin that it is the dark mirror of berries. Right. Okay, then that's sort of out of the way, and you can have a different speedster with a different origin, maybe with the name The Flash. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jay Garrick was Johnny Quick.
1: On the other hand, though, <clears throat> yeah, the signs point towards Johnny Quick more than Jay Garrick, because, again, they if there's supposed to be a doppelganger that matches up on each of the Earths, um, although they've proven that that's not necessarily the case when they get to Supergirl's world, because there isn't anybody that Barry can find that's analogous to anybody in his world. Right, but that was on Earth 2. Right. But there was no Jay Garrick on Barry's Earth. So that would seem to imply that on the Hunter Zolomon, Harrison Wells world, there is no Jay Garrick.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it could just be straight up Johnny Quit. Although, no, with what Berlandi's saying here... Yeah, I, I think we're gonna find out if Jay Garrick under there, but uh, he could easily be Jay Garrick. But oh no, my superhero name was Johnny Quick. Yeah, and yeah, it's <laughs>
1: but there's then there's still no no doppelganger. So I just I'm just trying to go with the internal logic of of the convoluted
0: universe. I, I'd say that's probably wicked easy. Yeah, uh, he's adopted. It's <laughs> seriously, he's adopted. You could even have the same actor. He's the twin brother, and he was adopted by the Garrick family. Uh, or. Which, and the, such adoption never happened on Earth One, therefore there's nobody by that name here.
1: Perhaps. Okay. Except I think they sent Hunter off into the foster system after. Or it's his porn
0: name. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but it's wicked easy. It's just, I, I don't know. I... I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs>
1: I'm just telling you. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's probably Johnny Quick. <laughs>
0: You need to pick a name, kid. Uh, Jay Garrick. What kind of parents would name their kid that? <laughs> Not on Earth One, we wouldn't do it. So, <laughs> I'd say it's pretty easy to explain if you want to. Okay. So yeah, I'm kind of leaning toward yes, Jay Garrick, uh, maybe even as Earth Two Flash, but mm-hmm. using the formula. Okay. Because then the formula can easily be taken over by Jesse Quick. Okay. If she stays on Earth One, perhaps. Or it's just a fucking nod and a wink, the same way. Uh, uh Jesus Christ, who is the character on Arrow? Oh, uh, Full City Smoke. Oh yeah. You know, it, it it was just sort of a nifty nod. She certainly is not Ronnie Raymond's stepmother. No. So, <laughs> so that's what I think is is how it's going to play out. Okay. It gives everybody what they want, up to a point. Up to a point. All right. So so going back to Wade. Yeah, like I said, he he clearly feels he's got some skin in this game because yep. he he wrote, well he wrote <laughs> wrote the book for so long. He wrote the book for for years and years and years. Um, yeah, and you know a lot of the stuff that you associate with modern era Flash, he, he create he created an Impulse. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he was the guy who really took the concept that came out of Crisis on Infinite Earths of okay, if Wally can take over for Barry then legacy is important in the Flash family. So yeah, let's have knowledge passed from Max Mercury, yep. from uh, Jay Garrick. Uh, we have Impulse, so we've got a new kind of kid Flash for mm-hmm. Kid Flash, <laughs> becoming Flash. It made Jesse Chambers the Flash for a while to, to make that concept of legacy even stronger. So yeah, he's he's got skin in the game when it comes to how the Flash is portrayed. Now, with that said... How fair is it for him or for anybody else to really, really get pissed about, and it's hard to say because we did a whole episode with uh, with Benari and Ross where we got pissed about changes for interpretations for things that are going into different mediums, but how fair is it to get really pissed when people make changes to try to make the characters that we love from the comics work in these other mediums? Because I've always had the theory, the thirty million dollar theory, yeah, the twenty to thirty million dollar theory, where if you are just talking about the pure, pure geek dollar, that is your ceiling. Yep. And if you look at things like Snakes on a Plane and Serenity and the first couple of weeks of Watchmen when it was in the theaters, it, all of it plateaued at twenty, thirty million. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this theory before. Yep. So yeah, if you if you just want our money, that's as much as you're gonna get. Generally, yeah. So, I mean, if you look at, I, I even did some math around it. If you're talking about pure comic geeks, the biggest selling comic book in March in the United States was? What was it? Take a guess.
1: In March in the United States? Yes. Batman?
0: Yep. Yeah. Take a guess how many copies.
1: Um, Is it in millions or thousands? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not millions.
1: Um, uh, 75,000
0: it was better than that 160 a little more than 163,000 copies okay so that is the biggest pure comic property in america and if you pick if you figure 250 million people that means one person in 1534 read the biggest selling comic book in America in March. Wow. Means if you asked a thousand random people on the street what they thought about Batman fifty, you've got a solid chance that not one of them could say they even fucking read it. Oh math. So if you if you're talking about, oh we love this and it should be kept absolutely pure when it goes co- we don't have the numbers or the dollars for that to happen. That's just the raw animal no. truth.
1: We have the internet and we have our thumbs. Yep.
0: <laughs> and hey, the Batman 50, that's still there for the you know 162,999 other people. Yes. who went to get it. said no, it's still there for us. No matter what Ben Affleck and Zack Snyder did. Mhm. But the reality is we don't have enough money to make sure that's what happens when it goes to a TV show or a movie.
1: Right. Um, I mean, as far as, as far as the, the television property is concerned, I mean, I, I don't think I'm innocent necessarily of, um, or even, you know, comic books in general. I, I don't think I've been innocent even on this show of, of trying to, of, of, of being in a place where I don't, I'm having difficulty giving somebody the benefit of the doubt. Like we went through this with, with Snyder and some of the Batman stuff around the Joker. Um, I went through this with Dan Slott on Spider-Man.
0: <laughs> it's, none, none of us is – we are all complicit in our own way of somebody taking over something even within the comic books and us saying, nope, that's not right, of people – I took hate-
1: issue with um, – on the Walking Dead television show how they chose to characterize Andrea – um versus her characterization in the comic book, so I mean it's
0: what to turn her into half a retard who doesn't <laughs> think before she acts, yeah, and then fails to act when she
1: should, willing to cozy up to the the nearest strong man,
0: yeah. <laughs> hey,
1: <laughs> please club that wolf! <laughs> I'll cozy up by the fire for you, Throg. <laughs> <laughs> keep me
0: th- keep me safe, Throg. Yeah. Like,
1: geez, when did Andrea's story arc turn into Quest for Fire? Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and another movie on my list that is quietly <laughs> being checked off.
1: In any event, um, I, I think that your your willingness to suspend your disbelief and go where the story or where the writer of the story, the creators are taking you um, depends on on just how, how much the story is working for you. I think in Wade's case in particular, he's coming from a, a very different experiential um, reference point than the casual fan. Oh, absolutely. So he's he's entitled to his feelings. I don't know that calling other creators out on Twitter was the way to go with that professionally, but what do I know? Um,
0: yeah, well, you know, many producers actually <laughs> listen to this show. I, I <laughs>
1: I on the other hand have have called DC out for those fucking Twix ads. So, you know, like <laughs> yeah,
0: as you should. As you <laughs> fucking should. My god, why do we even have a podcast <laughs> if we can't shrink DC about rank commercialism?
1: In any event, um I I guess it's 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 how the story hits you. So, since I I took enough cues to realize that that wasn't going to be Jay Garrick the reveal while it confirmed it, wasn't the sucker punch that it clearly was for some other fans. And I think that if you're getting the desired audience pull that you want, then you're probably doing the right thing for your story, But and not all stories are for everybody.
0: Well, yeah, and you, you have to do certain things differently than the comic book. You just flat out have to. The only direct comic book adaptation ever has been Sin City. Yeah, And that worked more as a curiosity than anything else. I mean,
1: I, I'm, there are yeah. certain things in Flash I'm taking issue with as the story goes on. Um, the actress who's playing Caitlin Snow, I don't know that they intended for her Earth-2 doppelganger to exist as Killer Frost for as long as she did because the longer she's going on, the more she's sounding like Leonard Snart. And it's like, like oh, okay, I'll... I'll Cold-based characters all sound vaguely like Wentworth Miller. Great.
0: Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you know what? Wentworth Miller is kicking the living shit. Well, that's just <laughs> it. I don't mind Captain it when Wentworth Cold. Miller does it because he,
1: he fucking originated the, the characterization now. <laughs> the the actress playing Caitlin Snow's Killer Frost doppelganger. It's just like I'm not sure what to do with this. All right, I'll be cold and flatly sarcastic. That's working for Miller.
0: <laughs> okay, and, and it's from the same crew that that writing could be coming into play. It may not just be her. Yeah, I suppose. It's there are going to be things that <laughs> that just don't that don't come across the same way. And some are going to work, and some are not, and some are going to be based on uh casting choices you know look when it comes to dc's legends of tomorrow i'm really enjoying that show but there is so little chemistry between <laughs> ray palmer and uh and kendra hot it might as well happen in a clean room it's so just empty of reaction it's, it's, true. It's, it's true maybe a decent writing choice but man if there's two actors that it just can't can't carry it off yeah, you know, it's the two of them. Yeah, no, it's true. So, sometimes uh, it's shit beyond your control. Yeah. Um so I mean, we've been talking about this with Agents of Shield how uh what's his face? Who played was it Grant Ward as the character? Yeah. You know, yeah, it's Trebuchet, friend of the show Trebuchet called him Agent <laughs> Abercrombie in the first season. <laughs> and they realized, shit, this character is crap and this guy is playing it like ass nobody likes this character we need to but we have him he's under fucking contract we got to pay him anyway but he's so won, let's find something that maybe he can do and he's been a yeah. far more compelling villain well that's
1: just it i think it's 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 he, he became a far more compelling villain so there's a case where they went from baby face to heel and i was like yeah okay that, well, why didn't you start there
0: <laughs> i think it was purely on a casting choice yeah. and there's For a hero, nobody fucking liked him in the first season. (laughs) I can't think of anybody who said, oh, yeah, Grant Ward. That's why I tune in to Agents (laughs) of fucking S.H.I.E.L.D. No, it's, oh, this is not fucking working. And it's another one where, yeah, almost no chemistry in between uh, him and What's-Her-Face, who plays uh, Daisy, Sky, in the first season. So, all right, fuck it. Let's do something different. We may see that with Legends of Tomorrow. We may We may never see... Caitlin Snow is Killer Frost again after this season because people may say, "Yeah, she ain't carrying it." Yeah, you know, as as a squint, as a as a lab geek, she's fine as a lab geek,
1: and and also you know, again, swinging the pendulum back the other way, um, Greg Berlanti and crew have done something that not even Jeff Johns was able to pull off. Uh, they made vibe interesting. Oh
0: my <laughs> god! If you'd ever fucking told me. The minute I realized that he was supposed to be Vibe in the first season, I'm like, oh no, why, why Vibe?
1: Why watching the set? Like we had this sad countdown to like when he would turn into Vibe, and it's like, oh no, oh
0: yeah. But it's (laughs) okay. They took this character and they did something. Number one, they made him likable. Yeah. (laughs) Number two, all right, let's do something different with the powers so we can use the name. But uh, anything that happened in the comics, including what Jeff Johns did. After New 52, we're not going to pay any attention to that, and that worked. Yeah. As comic fans, there are things that can be changed that somehow we'll accept. And certainly, I think when it comes to a character that is as widely uh, ignored and scorned (laughs) as Vibe, you can do almost anything you want to him. Yeah. And nobody will really care. Jeff Johns might weep a silent tear every night, going, I did my best, but this is all anybody wants from you. But this is
1: this is this speaks back to the point we were talking earlier. So if you can if you can take a character like Vibe and do anything you want with him because <laughs> Vibe. Um, <laughs> um that becomes so much more challenging once you start taking the name of a character who is a legacy character like Jay Garrick. And even if the character isn't really Jake Garrick. That's where you're going to start messing with people's feelings. And that's, that's where it becomes tricky. I think they pulled it off successfully. Clearly, clearly others did not because they've got such strong feelings attached to the, to Jake Eric. But again, you go back to, and I, we've talked about it before, and you know, Dan Slot choosing to, you know, air bunny quotes again, kill Peter Parker and have Doc Ock take his place for a year or so. That's a big fucking deal. Oh, yeah. Because, um, <laughs> again, a legacy character. Um, you know, even something as, as as stupid and now not really talked about because it was awful, like, um, taking Gwen Stacy and having her have Norman Osborn's babies. Um, Straczynski, stupid. Um, <laughs> that's a legacy character. That's a big fucking deal. That's why you're going to get some negative reaction. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. But uh, even with legacy characters, there are things that it feels like people are willing to accept that it really depends on the nature of the property and everything else going on in it. I mean, because we've been seeing these compromises made and there have been always certain contingents of people who are just hardcore comic fans, of which we could... Uh, look, we've built a fucking radio station with our own money to be able to talk <laughs> about comic books every week yes. or every week-ish, depending on depending whether... Depending on our energy level yeah, and if we're in New Hampshire. We're, yeah, we're in New Hampshire looking for work, Whatever. <laughs> hung over tired some good on TV anyway but uh but there's there's certain changes that get made to characters some large some small but it seems like you're willing to accept them like going back to almost superman the movie you know with uh the the big red s that superman chucks off his chest in superman 2 to wrap up zon <laughs> i mean the fact that superman fucking killed Zod and Non and whatever her other name was. They flat out killed him. He chucked him into a crevice. They fell to the center of the earth at the end of Superman 2. It's true. Nobody cares. Because it was a movie and it was big dumb fun. Yeah, but Superman kills General Zod and Man of Steel and my childhood took it in the ass. If you listen to everybody in the free world.
1: My childhood has an ouchie.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Show me on the doll where your childhood was destroyed. (laughs) But it's it, all kinds of the the Batmobile and the Batwing having machine guns. Yeah. In uh, the first Batman movie, you know, everybody's you know, for Batman and uh, Batman you know, versus Superman. And again, I think we've fairly well buried that movie in our episode two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Even though there were parts of it that I'll still say I liked, it, it was not a very good movie. Zack Snyder really <laughs> does not have a good handle on Superman. But the whole, you know, oh the murder Batman with machine guns on the Batmobile. Well, he had. Batman strafed a city street crowded with people in the middle of a panic riot at the end of Batman trying to kill the Joker. Yeah. And that's uh, that that's okay. <laughs> that's all right.
1: But you know, the internet didn't exist back then. So all you were confined to were some some angry people maybe talking about it on their their vax system. <laughs>
0: think, all right, fine. Spider-Man organic web shooters. Yeah, okay. So, some people complained about it. But it's, it got assimilated pretty quickly to, to the point where Straczynski made that canon at the time. Yeah. In the Spider-Man comic no, you're, you're after right. I think the other, you know, did the X-Men getting leather uniforms? You know, people <laughs> complain. Oh God, it's our first big superhero movie in a while. And they're afraid to actually make them superheroes. And, and
1: they made a joke in the movie about wearing spandex. <laughs>
0: yeah. But Grant Morrison and the New X-Men went straight to the leather costumes. Yeah. Right around the same time. And even in Marvel, the Marvel movies, everybody says Marvel's getting everything right. They make changes. It's true. That nobody seems to mind. Uh, You know, nobody's got a secret identity except Spider-Man, supposedly, is going to be the one with a secret identity uh, coming up in Civil War. You know, Bucky's not a kid sidekick. He's an adult. Now, Hydra, oh, they're not really Nazis. They're like worse than Nazis, and we're just (laughs) not going to say Nazi. Asgardians, they're aliens. They're not gods. They're they're aliens with godlike powers. uh, Tony Stark created Ultron. Even though we've got Hank Pym over here in this movie coming out, we're going to have Tony say, fucking Iron Man killed a bunch of fucking people in Iron Man. It's true. He dropped into a war zone. He blew up a tank with a rocket and then left the leader to be torn apart by the locals in a move straight out of the authority. But nobody seems to mind that. And I'm just wondering, why do you think that some of these things are a big deal and others aren't. You know, Superman kills General Zod, it's the end of the world. Tony Stark fucking leaves people to die, flamethrowers his captives, fires rockets at tanks, and it's like, oh no, that's just good, clean superhero fun.
1: You're right. I I again go back to how, how much of the rest of the story did they get right so that the audience is willing to suspend enough disbelief to go with you despite the disparities. Leaving aside the separate point that with all of that death and destruction in, in the Marvel universe, there that's leading up to Civil War. So they're, they're making smart choices to address the body count in a way because with the Sokovia Accords and all of that. Right. Um, whereas in the DC universe, not only do you have um, that same issue with, gosh, you know, so much violence and death and destruction and characters behaving not as they seem to in, in the comic books and they aren't getting the fucking characters right.
0: <laughs> okay. That, that makes a certain <laughs> amount of sense. I, I could get behind that.
1: So, you know, going back to the flash TV show I and mean, everybody talks about how, how much of it they are getting right and, and how it's, it's a, a superhero story that isn't afraid to be about, you know, Flights, tights, (laughs) capes, cowls. It's fun. It's bright. But yeah, then we have this moment where they are taking a different tact with, um, attack with, uh, Jay Garrick, who isn't even really Jay Garrick. It's, it's because they chose that name and it's a, it was a loaded choice. And for some people, they're willing to go with it going forward as the audience. And for some other folks who are, have, have much more deep, meaningful whatever associations with jay garrick for whatever reason they're taking issue with it and i get that i i, I would imagine as a, a doctor who fan it would be like if somebody decided that they were going to name drop sarah jane or harry when they hadn't already you know been portrayed in the in the show and <laughs> and then it turned out to you know not actually be them but to be like a zygon or something
0: <laughs> okay.
1: And I was like, ah, what'd you do to that character?
0: (laughs) I think I know who Sarah Jane is.
1: (laughs) Actually, right now, since they haven't had um, this character back on the show for me, on Doctor Who, if they were to have the Doctor run into somebody pretending to be Leela, and they they specifically named the character Leela, and then it was revealed that it wasn't actually Leela. Um, she was a character from Tom Baker's Doctor Who. We've talked yeah, I, about her on the I show know the before. Name. But for those who haven't ever heard the show before, um, she's like my favorite companion ever. And, uh, that would be like a big deal for me because I have such a strong association with that character. I could see where I could be angry if the story I felt wasn't respecting that property.
0: And, and Doctor Who in its own way is probably a good example of this overall because that constantly has to deal with the fact of, you've got an overarching story with elements that by nature are constantly changing. The interpretations are changed. The fucking casting is changed. Yeah. You know, I, uh, the one example I can think of beyond fucking a whole bunch of doctors (laughs) are the, the master who I have no idea what the master was in early doctor who, but just since I've watching it, been watching it, having it gone from, uh, what's his name? John, so the, the dude from um, Life on Mars. Sims. Yeah. To, uh, oh, now now you're some form of a horny dominatrix woman <laughs> with a rocket launcher or something. <laughs> There's a certain cognitive dissonance in, is that the same character? But then again, Doctor Who has that built into its DNA from the minute they said, oh, shit, this first guy's leaving, write a reason why that's okay.
1: Yeah, but in that case, though, the master is still the master is the master. They keep the characterization correct. And and they never say that a character who is announced as the master is actually suddenly, you know, Manny Ipschwitz, who <laughs> who isn't actually the master, but we just wanted to drop that name because it's a charged name. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Uh although I, I don't know, I look back to early Marvel comics and uh, the, the the most fearsome villains ever, the Skrulls. They're they're cows. We're going to make them cows. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be cows for a while. We'll bring them back from being cows maybe eventually mm-hmm. if we last long enough as a, an imprint. <laughs> but this Marvel thing, I'm not sure how far it's going to go. <laughs> just just don't unpack your bags, Jack. That's what I'm saying. Okay, Stan, <laughs> I got it. I'll make them cows and I'll keep my shit packed. I won't bring any personal items to the office.
1: <laughs> Can I just put this picture on my desk?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, do you, think, do you think it really all just comes down to how overall the the story is cuz in the case of the flash i don't think there's a person who is a fan of superhero comics who can look at the flash unless the unless you're militant about the flash as mm-hmm. mark wade clearly is who, who can look at that series and not say they've really they're 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 batting if they're not batting a thousand but man they're they're hitting it pretty hard uh,
1: again i I I think that Wade in particular is bringing a different experiential set to this in terms of you know, he's been a creator of this character, <laughs> so
0: I mean, certainly. But I mean, what I'm that kind of reaction I think is emblematic of serious comic book fans. No matter what, obviously he's going to have a particular reaction to this particular character, but we've all got a particular character. Yes, he created it. He didn't create the Flash, but he was a creator on the Flash. Yeah. But we all kind of have that kind of mind for certain characters. But again,
1: using your own sort of analysis of Wade's impact on the Flash universe— the idea of legacy characters <laughs> and and the importance of those legacy characters. Jay Garrick being one of them. So again, if you're gonna name drop as a as an alter ego or an alias, Jay Garrick. That's it's a loaded name.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it is, and maybe I'm looking at this more at a general a general case of a reaction for a an adapted property, the uh, the example that I'll go with is the the first Sam Raimi Spider Man movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if I watch that now, that movie's not really good. No. Uh, Peter Parker has big, dumb, mawkish, s- sappy monologues, and he's a real goddamn sad sack, and. The best part of that movie really is J. Jonah Jameson. Oh,
1: God, yes. But
0: <laughs> So I own it on DVD. I have not upgraded it to Blu-ray or watched the DVD. I find it difficult to watch because as a movie that's, oh, Jesus, can you just stop drooling after Mary Jane? For Christ's sake, you live in New York City. There's got to be somebody else. This devotion to Mary Jane comes from nowhere in the comic book. It's just hard to watch. Jesus fucking Christ. It's just... But I was willing to forgive all of it the first time I saw it because I saw Spider-Man move the way I thought he did from reading the comic books for thirty years. I forgave a lot on the first viewing because they got those pieces right.
1: Watching him swing through the air in New York City and using the webs, it was it was all of a sudden I was like. Oh, screw the story. Just, just, just put this on a loop for me. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a oh, organic web shooters? I, I, don't, I don't care. That, I'm watching a man web sling yeah. through New York City. It's, you know, that, oh, I talked to my friend Spider-Man and he gave me this little speech I'd like to relay to you. Yeah, I'm going to pretend this isn't happening because you're, you're going to web sling again in a minute. So it's watching it now, it doesn't work for me. I can't watch the first Spider-Man movie. Yeah. But
1: it's it's all about how much a story gets right. I mean, even with say Deadpool, so much fan love for that movie and it and so much box office success for that movie comes down to how how seriously the the writers directors Ryan Reynolds took that character. So much so that if you're talking about adaptation pieces, um, teenage uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead nothing like what she was in the comic. In the comic, she's like a, a psychic clairvoyant.
0: Well, it's, <laughs> uh, that that comes down to the same thing as vibe. Nobody gives a fuck about Negasonic Teenage uh, Warhead right. except Grant Morrison, who probably you'd have to put, no, look, this is the script page where you came up with that character. Yeah. What? I'm oh, sorry. Can I have some more of the bag of mushrooms?
1: My point being that yes. <laughs> that it's it's about what you get right with it so that it resonates with the audience less so than than... The choices that you make to steer characters in directions they might not otherwise have gone. How how tonally correct overall is the story hitting? So for some people, for for whom the Jay Garrick piece is not hitting, other than seemingly making the character a heel, what else went wrong for them that this was such a sucker punch?
0: (laughs) And I can see that. I guess it makes sense. For me, it's just. It, it's tough because I I think I tend to be more forgiving of changes and adaptations as long as it works overall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, It's and it's hard to say, you know, considering I just said I can't watch the first Spider-Man anymore. But I was, you know, things like, you know, oh, organic web shooters and you know, so the little things that would make you say, that often make comic geeks say, no, you fucked it up. Why'd you change it so much? That didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, so much of it, at least visually, was right, and um, almost all of the stuff that I don't like about the first one got fixed in the second one. I love Spider Man too.
1: Yeah, and Alfred Molina's Doc Ock. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> there was for, for for the guy who who wanted me uh, wanted somebody to throw him the 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 the, the whip and the idol and I, I'm just <laughs> babbling now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Come on, show a little backbone, will ya? Sorry, I, I hit the first thing that said Raiders, and it wasn't <laughs> fucking Indiana Jones. God damn it. <laughs>
1: throw me the idol, I'll throw you the whiff, thank you. There Give you me go. a second to think. But, right, um... Here's a better one.
0: <laughs> Son of a bitch. There we go.
1: Ah, clearly I'm having my A game tonight. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, for uh, for uh, that guy who died so quickly in that movie, for him to go on and become such a compelling Doc Ock. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he he was absolutely glorious in that. Spider Man Two is is a great movie, but there's still ch- that doesn't change the fact that the organic web shooters are still there, and and again, that stuff didn't bother me as much, you know. Batman with machine guns in the first Batman, and, and even parts of it in Batman versus Superman, because people, oh, he picked up that machine gun, and said, well, no, that was clear to knock everybody down, and. It's certainly the other parts where, oh yeah, he shot the guy with a flamethrower and then followed up with a joke. Yeah, all right, that was a little tone deaf. But yeah. certain things I'm willing to to forgive, you know, including up to depending on the story, some fairly large things, I, I guess. But I mean, is it you know really that simple? It's just you know, as long as the rest of it's you know, hey, Iron Man was fun and Tony Stark was good casting, so he can kill a bunch of people.
1: That's a good question. <laughs> I think, again, it's, it's, what, what do you relate to? Is it enough to get you to suspend your disbelief and, and just go with it as an audience member? How, how immersed do you remain in the story and what pulls you out of the story?
0: Yeah. I think part of it is at this point, I've been reading comic books long enough and I've been through enough crises in DC and secret wars in Marvel that I understand that. Yeah, particular characters. Not even particular character. The, the, to say you're a fan of a character is almost... You almost have to say, I'm not a fan of the character. I'm a fan of the archetype or what that character stands for, because...
1: I'd be willing to say, I'm a fan of the character as written by so-and-so in the particular arc that is, is volumes one, two, and three...
0: <laughs> and that that's certainly that's probably more valid and accurate than to say like i'm a fan of the flash yeah because i mean to look at, at what mark wade had a problem with uh, what he apparently had a problem with you know based on, oh there's the concept of legacy well you're really the one who built that concept into the character mark i mean but you did that by reintroducing a jay garrick who was never on earth 2 he was just active after Crisis in World War Two, you did it with the Wally West, who right after Crisis was a completely selfish dick who was a loner when he wasn't busy stealing other people's fucking wives. And he basically ignored a lot of what Mike Barron tried to introduce for that character right after Crisis. Mm -hmm. proving, just like Wade said, there's nothing you can create that somebody else cannot destroy.
1: I'll take it a step further. I mean, I am on record on this very show talking about how disappointed I was based on the trailer of of the Lucifer television show because the the Lucifer uh, book by Vertigo written by Mike Carey was such... um, a novel masterpiece of comic storytelling <laughs> that, that I, I, I was only ever going to watch the TV show in order to just sort of hate watch it. And, 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 you know, because that is a thing. Oh yeah. You were absolutely vehement. But as it turns out, I am very engrossed by the television show. However, I enjoy it separately. From the graphic novel. If I want to read the graphic novel, it's right over there on the shelf. It's not going anywhere. The, the existence of a television show that differs so wildly, other than like very basic premise, um, isn't, isn't, you know, making the, the graphic novel devalued in any way. No, absolutely not. So I think you can make the same argument for The Flash again, I think that for some people, and in Wade's case, it's valid. He wrote it for so long, <laughs> and and legacy is clearly important to him. That this particular choice just rankled him on sort of a a just a a core inner being level that maybe somebody else might not get unless they too were a writer for that long and had such a an imprint on the character.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I think you're right. Because, yeah, if you even take a further step back, this character that Mark Wade feels so strongly about, and it makes sense for him to feel strongly about because, yes, he wrote the character, but no, he he didn't. He wrote Wally West. This is Barry (laughs) Allen. Wally West, the Wally West that he wrote, he's been fucking gone for five years. He fucked off. He doesn't exist anymore. And the Barry Allen... It's not even the original fucking Barry Allen that would have been part of the legacy that he's talking about. This is the Barry Allen with the Batman origin that Jeff Johns came up with in Flash Rebirth. Yeah. Yeah, And since the new 52, that legacy concept, for good or ill, and I think it's ill, because what he likes about Flash is part of what I have grown to really like about Flash. As much as I love the Mike Barron run, where he was a selfish prick and... Yeah, had limited powers and he tried to come up with, you know, okay, if this guy has this kind of powers, he'd have to eat this much and sleep this much that were really novel things. But the character of, of Wally West is a prick. Yeah. He won the lottery, so he didn't have to answer to anybody. So he kept trying to get his dick wet and ignored his friends and <laughs> dumped his fucking girlfriend. He, he was a fucking asshole. But then again, he was 20, I was 17. I was going to relate a little more to that. But you think? But yeah, <laughs> I've grown to love the idea of legacy because yeah, Wally being the Flash was the first real legacy move of DC. Everybody says DC is the legacy. Oh, people, you know, the identities transfer and that only started with crisis. And I wonder how much of this, though, is also,
1: um, we've not seen we we've only seen a couple of characters who would have been part of the justice society and so far I, we've not seen justice done to their characters so for those individuals who uh, with the exception of i think um the the kid who will eventually become mr terrific i think they're doing a good job with him on arrow um <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's 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 fun. Curtis Hold. He's he's uh, not what I picture when I picture Mr. Terrific. But
1: that's also a case of uh, I think in a way kind of like what they did with Vibe. Fuck it, we're just going to do this. <laughs> <We're
0: just laughs> yeah, and it's that's working for me. I mean, if you look at Arrow, the Arrow, the Green Arrow on Arrow has nothing to do with the character of Ollie Queen from about 1969 until the new fifty two.
1: Yeah, they're they're making him Batman (laughs) light.
0: Yeah, and that was always the original intention. Well, we can't get Batman, but the Chris Nolan Batman movies are making a mint, so let's do a dark driven vigilante and Green Arrow is available. So let's just do it and let's go with his original origin where he was a millionaire and and hey that that's fine, but you know, I personally love the Mike Grell longbow hunters and yeah. his run on green arrow after that. Now that's the green arrow I grew up with. It doesn't mean I can't like the, the Stephen Amell <laughs> arrow the I, I really enjoy that show, but it's, it's got nothing to do with what I grew up with, but I'm willing to accept it. If I were a green arrow purist, you know, at Jesus, I'm sure my brother, who stole all my fucking Mike Grill Green Arrow comics when I went to college, are you listening to me, motherfucker? I know what you did. We know you have them. Yeah, but, uh, well, he doesn't have them anymore. I guarantee it. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I bet he, I haven't talked with him about it. I bet he doesn't like Arrow. I'm sure
1: he has strong feelings on the subject.
0: <laughs> but it's, that's why you've, I'm as guilty of it as, as other people, but I, I try to be more understanding with adaptations because even within the comics, this shit just doesn't stay the same. Yeah. You know, you can say you're a Flash fan, but, you know, I've been reading The Flash on and off, but I, I consider myself a fan of the character, if not rabid, but I probably bought my first Flash comic book when I was six years old. hmm So, yeah, I mean, I've seen The Flash be Barry Allen and Wally West and Barry Allen again. I mean, just... <laughs> I, I wrote them all down. If you say you're a fan of even the Wally West Flash, now I'm a fan of Wally West. Uh, okay, since 1986, Wally's been a millionaire who can run at the speed of sound only, who has to eat all the time. Uh, he's he's been uh able to run at the speed of light with a Flash Gang that has a crippled former former speedster, uh, it's, uh, Jerry McGee, who took <laughs> who became Speed McGee when he took Velocity Nine and crippled him. Because his metabolism couldn't keep up with it. Uh, But also on the gang was uh, Speed's ex-wife, who Wally was banging. uh, And a big fat guy named Chunk, who could teleport shit. Uh He was also the husband of a TV personality who had ties to speedsters in the future and the past. And then he was just a blue-collar dude in Keystone City. He was the father of two super-powered kids who then vanished into the speed force to keep them safe. Then he came back to be a backup Flash to Barry Allen. Now he was a black kid who got powers for a couple minutes before sacrificing himself. And now he's going to be uh, Kid Flash in DC Rebirth. Can I stop you for a second? I'm not sure. Did Chunk at any time do the Truffle Shuffle?
1: How, I must know. How
0: dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Either, either while he was teleporting. After long last, have you no sense of decency? The <laughs> <Your> poor chunk is <laughs> fat and talked slow and teleported shit into the cornfield. Did he, did he truffle shuffle just to answer the question? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have an answer to that. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, if you say you're a fan of Wally West, that's who you're a fan of. Which one? All of them? None of them? I mean, Jesus. For me, it's Mike Barron all the way. I like the dick flash. Dick (laughs) Wow, I said that out loud.
1: (laughs) But your honor. Gosh, that comma is so important. (laughs) Or not comma. You don't want a comma there. I like the dick, comma, Flash.
0: And that's our show. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. I believe we've been canceled. How do you get canceled from the internet? you got to want it. you got to try really hard. Oh, What the fuck is I talking about? The dick, Flash. Oh, come on. We can't get past this. Don't nope. Write, can't write that down as a title. We'll get kicked off iTunes. Okay. <laughs> Um, I write it down anyway. Maybe I work something out. But but it's you can do that with almost any character from any comic book. I mean, like you were complaining about Lex Luthor in Superman versus Batman. Okay, well, which Lex do you like? The the mad scientist with armor and Brainiac up his (laughs) ass. (laughs) <laughs> the real estate developer with a sexpot assistant and a mildly retarded partner from the movie, the billionaire industrialist, the president of the fucking United States. It's, you could say that about almost any comic book character. They've been changed and rebooted and twisted and changed so often. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about you know, how the creator and their having their hands on things make a difference when we talk about, uh, batman 51 in a little bit
1: honestly i like the michael rosenbaum one because he had the dignity to not come back to the show after a while
0: <laughs> that's a sad thing he either he or clancy brown were probably the two best yeah and i didn't write those down <laughs> as i'm jotting down different versions of the character
1: so yeah and, and yeah runner-up would be the clancy brown one because clancy brown um <laughs> well
0: yeah ramirez was <laughs> the entirety of my clancy brown impression that's okay It's like he died right after uh, (laughs) Highlander, and that's the only one I can do. Uh,
1: It's the only one anybody
0: can do. Nobody's walking around doing their Clancy Brown from Carnival impression. No, no, they're not. Forgive me, Father. I am a worm. That's all anybody can do. Uh. (laughs) We've completely lost control of this show. Yeah, It's gone sideways. (laughs) So, I mean, I, I don't... I don't. I don't think we have an overall point about the conversation. It's just, it's a weird thing, and, and it's none of fandom. us. Yeah, and no fan can get past it. There's always going to be a sacred cow, and that sacred yeah. cow may change depending on the context. Well, I, I would I'll say Superman two and the murder of Zod because it was a flat out fucking murder. Yeah, you know, I took your powers and chucked you into a fucking cliff. That's as much murder as breaking his neck. Yeah. And then Superman went off and went right back to his life to punch out the trucker who, <laughs> you want to talk petty use of fucking power. Hi, I'm Superman. I gave my powers up and abandoned the human race in order to get my dick wet. And then I got my powers back, robbed them from the adversary, threw them down a cliff, and then beat up a poor fucking trucker who didn't have any goddamn chance against me. I'm a hero. Yeah, all right, Superman 2, probably the best of the original four Superman movies. Welcome to Man of Steel, with someone in direct danger, Superman who was never trained to know how to do anything differently, in an act of desperation, kills Zod and immediately shows remorse. Oh, fuck that. That's not Superman. That's bullshit. Fuck you. (laughs) But people like Christopher Reeve,
1: I don't know. Well, again, they got more of the characterization right than they got wrong.
0: That's true. Christopher Reeve overall was a better Superman than uh, shit. What's his fucking name?
1: <laughs> Henry Cavill. <laughs> Thank
0: you. All I could think of was Brandon Routh. I'm like, oh, you poor guy. But
1: <laughs> I, I honestly don't remember enough about that movie to to remember one way or the other how his characterization went. I, I seem to recall that there was something about like he knocked Lois Lane
0: up. <laughs> Yes, played by a 19 year old actress and supposedly uh, Superman had been gone for five years. That that movie did have problems. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we'll be revisiting that one anytime soon. But so, yeah, it's there's always, if you're a fan, there's always going to be a sacred cow. There's always going to be a bridge too far, whether it makes any sense or not. Yeah. And I guess that's the the only point I would have in on this uh, after all this conversation is sometimes that gut reaction is justified sometimes it's not Mm -hmm. no it's and i think in a lot of cases it's easier to say no organic web shooters this is shit than to be able to articulate what's really wrong with it
1: right no i think i think you've you've nailed it um i think it's why uh the constantine television show had such A difficult birth, and then ultimately was canceled. Was trying to find its footing. There were some things that were tonally right, but not enough, and not quickly enough to save the show.
0: Right. Yeah. No. It's it started off very shaky. Got much better. Yeah. And and I I give uh, (laughs) the name of the actor. Tonight's my night to forget actors' names. Matt Reynolds. No. Matt Ryan. Right. Matt Ryan. Right. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 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 Bleh. Yes. Matt Ryan. My kind of parents would name their kid that. Anyway, um, I, I give him credit for uh, feeling enough affection for the character to come back from whatever project he was working on to revisit it in Arrow this year.
1: Again, again, bring him back. <laughs>
0: yeah, do it. it. you got another dead character. We got to bring back somebody's gonna be looking for the magic. Find
1: a way to put him in Legends tomorrow, please. <laughs> please.
0: That would be pretty cool, actually. It would. But, but yeah, it's. I think the issue is not necessarily you know. Oh, you don't love the character. It's the story doesn't work. Yeah. And I'm not sure Mark Wade can even. And look, Wade has since backpedaled it, and clearly he feels some strong affection for particular characters, and I get that. Yeah. Now, and yes, if The Flash was the Jay Garrick story, then yeah, you fucked up Jay Garrick. Mm -hmm. It's a, this is a terrible Jay Garrick Flash story.
1: Or if Jay Garrick. In this um, story was legitimately Zoom as opposed to Hunter Zalman masquerading with this name.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but it's a, if you're in this for Jay Garrick's story, then you're right. It's terrible. But the trick then is to articulate why it's terrible as opposed to, oh, you're not doing what was in the comic. That's yeah. not the answer. It's
1: not Jay Garrick's story. That character has never been Jay
0: Garrick. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like if you watch The Flash and you're in it for fucking Vibe, it's a terrible story. <laughs> This is fucking awful. And the easy thing to say is, well, Vibe has different powers than that, and you don't respect what they did in the comic book. Well, no, and that that means what what you want in an adaptation is exactly what's in the comic book for that particular character. Right. And I think you're more likely to see that kind of reaction for the big ones. I think we're seeing it all over the place for Superman versus Batman, for good reason. Because yeah, I don't, I, I I've said it two or three times at this point. I don't think Zack Snyder ever wanted to make a fucking Superman movie. Yeah you know he used it to try and make his dark knight movie and even then
1: eh i mean, consider the the flaws or the the things that caused people to take issue with say civil war in the in the comics heroes acting against type and not being true to their characters those are the things that caused people to be turned off by a story yes that's why you know, we liked identity crisis we were probably the only two people on the planet that liked it but enough people ha- took issue with um, the way that Gene Loring's character was was handled, and and just all these character deaths.
0: <laughs> and maybe it's that simple because I never gave a tin shit about Gene Loring. If you held a gun to my head before Identity Crisis and asked me, "Is the Adam married?" you'd have to blow my fucking head off. <laughs> and I've been reading comic books since 1975. I had no fucking idea.
1: Okay, so there, there, there you go. It's it's the attachment people have to characters and the power of names.
0: And, and yeah, it's maybe it's that simple, but yeah, it's... It's why I can't understand
1: people who give a shit about Stephanie Brown, but they're out there.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, they absolutely are. It's Yeah, I, I guess that's the thing, and I guess this is the thing that will probably make fandom look better over time if we can get away from the nitpicks of, oh, this is not like it was in the comic. It's okay for it to not be like it was in the comic if it's good. Right. If it's not good, then we have to be able to articulate why. Because it is much easier to say, no, you're not true to this. And yeah, we'll, we'll get lost in the minutia. Mm-hmm. And I'm as guilty of, of it as anybody else in, in certain ways. I, my, I, I distinctly remember getting shit-faced with you, Amanda, <laughs> for the premiere of Smallville. and just ranting at the top of my lungs. That's not continuity, and that's not continuity, and that's not continuity. Well, the the ugly reality was uh, there there wasn't a force on Earth that was going to make me a 35-year-old man like a teen fucking soap opera, whether Superman was in it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And until I came to terms with that's what I'm watching is a teen soap opera... I learned to like the show better, but particularly on that it was, but I couldn't articulate. It's like, well, this is a teen soap opera and it's not what I want. instead it was, you know, uh, no, he shouldn't be flying here. Lex Luthor shouldn't be doing this. And the kryptonite shouldn't have this effect. Yeah. Uh, Everybody does it, man. We'd all look a lot fucking better and smarter if we could articulate. No, it's because this story doesn't work.
1: It's true. And then eventually John Schneider won you over as (laughs) pocket.
0: Hey, look, I had a General Lee Hot Wheels the same as everybody else as a kid. <laughs> but fuck Tom Wopat. I don't care what he's in. He'll never win me over <laughs> to anything.
1: Tom Wopat is Zoom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not with that hip. My God. So we, we actually had a conversation that was barely planned out that <laughs> I, I think we came to a, 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 at least a half an actual point. Yeah. All right, uh, yeah, this is the last episode cuz we ain't doing that again. <laughs> Blind animal fucking luck. Yeah, all right, we're about an hour 20 in. You want to talk about a couple comics? Let's talk about some actual comics. Which one do you want to start with? I've got notes on one. The other one we both read, I didn't have time to write anything down about it.
1: Let's let's talk about Batman 51.
0: All right. So, yes, the the final uh, Scott Snyder Greg Capullo episode. Uh so yeah, as <laughs> as such since it is their swan song and really their farewell, it does the one thing that almost every creator who isn't a dick like Alan Moore does at the end <laughs> of a run. No matter how distinguished that run is, uh, Snyder puts all the toys back the way he found them. Uh, it's We saw...
1: They're not quite in... Not quite all in their boxes. Uh, they they may not be worth full value. <laughs> yeah, the some packaging the, has been marred.
0: <laughs> nothing's been slabbed. There's there's no C, <laughs> CG whatever value or rating on it. But it's a you know Batman as we saw in the last issue has been uh, rejuvenated and he is now physically undamaged. He, basically, his timeline has been reset uh the alfred he, gets his hand back alfred gets his hand back the owls are shown as a rejuvenated force that anybody can use he even puts a little hint in there going okay here are a couple of nonsense words and phrases if somebody wants to grab the owls and use these things to come up with some weird story about them uh the mantling yeah okay uh somebody else can figure out what the mantling <laughs> not is not
1: yet it's not happening yet
0: yeah it's, whatever the mantling is is whatever you want to make it uh okay yep the penguin has a plan Penguin always has a plan, but here's something built in. So if uh who's taking over? Uh shit. It's the CIA guy. Taking over what? Taking over Batman after DC Rebirth.
1: Oh, uh shit. Tom King? Yes, thank you. All, all right. I could think of was
0: all I could think of was Ray Fox. Uh I don't think he's in the CIA. No, no. I, I, do, I do think he's he's receiving my thoughts. Where's my tinfoil hat? That's a separate what? issue. Drink up, buddy. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's and the biggest example of uh, an artist putting all the toys back in the box I can think of before this was Bendis when he yeah. left Avengers. Yeah, he brought the Wasp back and everything was back where it was before. Yep. So that Jonathan Hickman could uh fuck it all up. I really, <laughs> really didn't enjoy his run very much, but. Sorry,
1: right, the Bendis stuff is right there on the shelf.
0: <laughs> yep, yeah, exactly. I'm slowly building up the uh, the See, trade collection. You, you like
1: the Avengers um, under Bendis. See, see, this gets me right back to what we were talking about. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. Uh, although, uh, as much complaining as we've done about Mark Wade, Mark Wade's Avengers titles—a uh, mm-hmm. title rather—since Secret Wars. Oh man, is it fucking good? Yes. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, no, Wade. That's... <laughs> I don't
0: mean to, to you know, pull the shit out from you, buddy. We, we're, we're geeks. We've all done it. <laughs> yeah, all right. That That, came, that phrase was. You weird. are just
1: batting a thousand tonight with beautiful turns of <laughs> phrases. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know if you noticed, but. <laughs> Jesus. Now put your hands together for
1: the man who's falling apart before our eyes! And likes Dick Flash.
0: <laughs> Shut up! You don't know me! Where's my whiskey funnel? <laughs> Oh, but no. And Wade, I don't, mean, don't mean to take the piss, buddy. I think you're a great writer. All the geeks do it. We all get crazy about things sometimes, but. Take Flash. But, uh, stop it. All right. Um, back to Batman. Yes. Yes. Uh, this is also. <laughs> This is a weird issue in that as a Batman story, it's a hell of a story about writing Batman stories. It, it
1: really is. I mean, it, there's a certain level of, of self-consciousness you, from page one. Um, it's the first line of the last story you'll ever write. About Batman. Yeah. Scott Snyder.
0: Yep. <laughs> Yep, down to uh, Gotham is white text on a black page, which C- Capullo and the letterer and the color colorist <laughs> took completely literally. That's exactly yep. what it is. That's it exactly. is white text on a black page, and yeah, the whole Gotham is columnist thing that takes up the last two or three pages of the book. Yeah, now the the conceit is that, and this comes back to this is something that uh, Snyder introduced in Batman One, I think. Yes, the the concept that. In the Gotham Gazette, there's a Gotham is column where that's the question they ask. And they ask people to write in two or three words to describe Gotham City. And uh, so the conceit is that it's actually being written by this ex-con who turned his life around after Batman kicked his ass one time. Yeah. So now he's the the writer of this column who assembles all these letters and everything. Um, but it's really, and it has his final column as sort of the run through of the whole issue, right. but it's, it's really a thinly veiled letter from Snyder directly to the reader and kind of to Batman. <laughs> you know. Take
1: the night off. Well, <laughs> he writes.
0: I, I, shit, I wish I'd taken that more personally. I'd be five <laughs> more beers in and watching TV right now. But, <laughs> but no, it's, I wrote down some of them. Uh, it's one of the oldest columns at the paper and better writers than me have worked on it. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, as much as it's written by a single person, it's really created by everyone out there. Uh when I started here, the letters coming in were pretty dark, pretty hopeless. In the last few years, the letters have been lighter than before, even when the city hasn't been. So it's all kind of thinly veiled, oh, this is how it was when I got here, and mm. how, this is how things have gotten, and these are the reactions that I've gotten. Of course, that whole everything was hopeless when I got here is a hell of a thing to say about <laughs> what amounts to the run of Grant Morrison, which is yeah. widely considered one of the finest extended runs in Batman history. Really? I'm, I'm not all that fond of it. So yeah, yeah, fuck it, go to it. No, seriously, it's really it's widely respected. And there really? Pi- there are pieces of it I like, but yeah, people, it just doesn't really... People, people, listen to me.
1: No. Just, no. Say it, say it. No. No. It's no bueno. No.
0: No. Okay, yeah, we can't get so, anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, clearly we're not fond of it. So yeah, we'll allow it, Scott. Go nuts. Mm. Yeah, I mean, but otherwise, there's not a lot of story here. I mean, nothing really happens.
1: No, it's it's a, it's a night where uh, the lights go out in Gotham, and it turns out for once uh, to be from natural causes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sometimes shit happens, no matter who you are. It's the one thing I'll give it, it. The art is really spectacular. It is. Capullo has been a good match for Batman right from the beginning. He's always sort of had this Frank Miller meets Norm Brayfogle look. Yep. Which is, all right, as somebody who read comics in the 80s and 90s, yeah, all right, you've mixed what my Batman visuals are. So he's always been a great match for it as far as I'm concerned. And in this, it, there's that one page where he's coming in the window at the Gotham Gazette and yeah. he's in silhouette with his batarangs between his fingers. So he, it just looks like Just a big, angry, almost animal Batman. Yeah, that's very Millery. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I'd pay good money for that fucking page. It's just, it's a, it's a classic Batman visual.
1: Well, also, I'd like to, and this just to to counterpoint, I'd like to thank Capula for going out on the note of illustrating for us. one of Batman's other less known alter egos, um, you hear about Matches Malone a lot. Apparently, also um, Masquerade's is Pam from Archer.
0: <laughs> I, I hadn't made that. I hadn't made that visual uh, connection. Actually, what I took that as was a nod back to The Dark Knight Returns. Because there's that armed robbery where Bruno the Nazi yeah. comes into the convenience store and Batman's dressed as the old fat woman screaming, "You're yeah. <laughs> a thief! This should only be two dollars!" And then he just knocks everybody at it. and you don't realize until it's all over that it's Batman. It just looks like a fat old woman <laughs> kicking the shit out of people. But yeah, this particular fat old woman, even though I originally thought, "Oh, Dark Knight," it's a yeah, come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'll give Snyder credit in this issue. He clearly set it up. So even though it's an issue where nothing happens, he gives Capullo a chance to visit Arkham. Yep. To get one last drawing of Killer Croc and Bane and even Riddler. Yep. And I flash back Ivy. Poison Ivy, and I flash back to the first time I saw Capullo draw Capulo draw Riddler. <laughs> Uh, if you've got a trade with Batman 1 kicking around or the first issue kicking around, or you know what, shit, uh, just go to uh, our website, com. I reviewed Batman 1 in a written review, mm. uh, and I scanned the picture of the first time he drew Riddler. So yeah, go and do a search for Batman 1. Our search box is fucked up. The search text is white on white, so you won't look like you're typing anything, but just just search for it. <laughs> And remember Batman, not Batman, Riddler had that fucking mohawk right? that looked like a question mark. Oh, yeah, that was stupid. And, oh, what a shitty... It's, it's one of those things that clearly, because in the early days of the new 52, it's like everybody's look is up for grabs. <laughs> and Capullo kind of threw this in and clearly... Everybody had the good sense over time to just sort of forget it. It's like Step away from the mohawk. We'll we'll pretend that's not happening, and we'll just move quietly to zero year and show a more (laughs) conventional uh, Riddler, and we'll uh, pretend none of this ever happened.
1: Nothing to see here.
0: (laughs) And the problem is, all all I can picture is, we were talking about this earlier, from from going to see a whole bunch of Scott Snyder panels at a whole bunch of fucking (laughs) comic book conventions. Every time I think of Greg Capullo's voice, I just picture scott snyder's impression of him <laughs> which is you know almost like hulk Hogan, hulk hogan Maybe the
1: macho man yeah. savage
0: yep came up with that haircut brother
1: i'm waiting for him to then tell me to snap snap into a slim jim this is a
0: good idea brother <laughs> <laughs> yeah Jesus. question mark haircut dude um. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean the, the thing is yeah nothing happens in this he gives him a chance to draw all this stuff and finally get the riddler's hair right <laughs> But it all looks good. So he gets the chance to do this shit one last time, which is, you know, the big Batmobile, you know, double page spread. Mm -hmm. It's a goddamn good looking book. I mean, is it a great issue of Batman? No, nothing fucking happens. No, but it's a good handoff. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty, but yeah, it's, it's a story about creating Batman as much as it is a story about Batman. Yeah. You know, as a final issue on it. Yeah. It's a nice farewell. No, it, it does feel like you know, clearly he feels gratified at having the chance to having uh, the the chance to write the character, and that it was a run that was it was well received as it was. But yes, you now if somebody looks back on this issue in ten years, just pulls it out of a stack of back issues, it, I don't think anybody's gonna go, "Well, oh, that was an awesome issue of Batman, good looking no, one."
1: But it's 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 part of part of the arc. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you have to you have to read it in context.
0: Yeah. Now, if you compare it to Frank Miller's final issue on Daredevil and Born Again, it's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> well. But yeah. And it's uh, the biggest thing for me was reading it going, yeah, wow, it's been almost five years he's been on that. And that Batman one was one of the first reviews I wrote when That's Crisis right. of Infinite Midlives was a thing. Yep. We've been around almost five fucking years in one form or another. Ugh. <laughs> we won the over bet. Somebody pay us. <laughs> Pay me, bitch. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on on Batman Fifty One? No,
1: I'm sad. I'm sad to see them go. I'll be curious to see what what Tom King brings to it, but I'm I'm sad as as much as Snyder really had me at many moments going, ah, oh, you sure you want to do that? He he always ended up delivering, and it it made me rethink my knee jerk reaction as a fan in a lot of cases when he would push the envelope with concepts and ideas in his stories.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm in the minority. Zero year didn't do a hell of a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you're thinking, uh, what was it, Endgame, the, yeah. the Joker arc? Yeah, man, I had problems with, oh, you you can't make the Joker supernatural. Even, no, you can't. That's a terrible fucking... <laughs> I <laughs> thing you're doing, don't do that! <laughs> and, and he backed off it. And, and you know what? It took stones for a year to say, you know what, uh, Bruce Wayne, he's not Batman. yeah. You now it's uh, would I put the uh the bat Bunny suit Batman <laughs> at, at the at the top of my list of Batman stories, not even close would I put it you know as as high as you, you talked about superior spider man yeah it's uh, absolutely not although it's sort of a similar examination of what does it mean to be the Batman and what right. does it mean if you don't have this background? Uh, I think Superior Spider-Man was better, but this is certainly solid. I think it was a a run that had more positive than negative, but certainly had a lot of moments of, oh man, I think you might be going out on a limb and not really get what we're talking about here.
1: But again, it comes back to, is he true to the character? He's always been true to the character. And as long as you are solid with that and have that proper characterization buttressed by... Solid storytelling then you're going to hold the audience and yeah that I I always came back and and it there was always a payoff even even though it would make me uncomfortable at times the direction the story would go
0: and I think we can uh, both agree very little Damian Wayne.
1: I love you, Scott Snyder. Thank you. Don't ever go. (laughs) Please don't go.
0: And even when Damien was killed, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to pivot and do a story five years in the past so I don't have to deal with this at all. (laughs) That's one thing I'll get. I never felt like he had any affinity toward Damien at all, and we don't either. Yeah. So So it works for me. There you go. (laughs) All right. Uh do you have the next book with you? Because again, I did not uh take down any notes on it because we ran out of time.
1: The next book is um from Black uh Black Mask Studio. It is chapter one of Four Kids Walk Into a Bank, which is going to be a crime caper in five parts. It is um written by Matthew Rosenberg with art by Tyler Boss, um, and colored by oh no, lettering by Thomas Maurer. Um
0: yeah, they, they did kind of a funny thing with the credits on this. They just gave everybody an alphabetical order yeah. regardless of what they do. So like <laughs> the flatter got higher ranking than the writer. But hey, good, that's hard fucking work from what I understand. Yeah. Although if you held a gun to my head and said flat this book, you'd have to blow my head off.
1: <laughs> so this um, this is a story about children, which is not something we typically are into here at Crisis on Infinite Lives, oh, But... <laughs> but it's it's um a bunch of of sort of misfit kids, so okay let's let's start there they're they're starting off with a d and d like game, oh, we're gonna spoil the shit out of this by the way um yes,
0: <laughs> yes we are, but you know since it's from sort of a not huge publisher. Um, and it was something I really hadn't heard a lot about, but uh, now, like I said, there's a dude at our local comic book store, Joe. So,
1: okay, so he recommended this. He,
0: I had grabbed it anyway just because I'm, um, you know, I saw, uh, oh, first issue. Okay, so I'd picked it up, but he said, yeah, it's a, and actually, can you flip to the ads in the back? There's a, yeah, that's we can a, never
1: go home. Yeah, cause... we can
0: never go home. I think it's the same creative team as does that, which is another one that he recommended to me, which I picked up in trade and really liked. Okay. So yeah, this is one. uh, I'm not sure there's a hell of a lot of press about it. I hadn't really heard anything about it until I saw it on the shelf. But when Joe makes a recommendation, usually it's solid. So
1: so it's 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 um kids who who are sort of the misfits of the school, and um you know one of them is is tougher than she appears. Um, you know, she sort of runs this crew of of geeks.
0: <laughs> yeah, like serious geeks. Like geeks we had back in the old days. Not, yeah. you know, like stuffed in a locker legit geeks. Yeah, yeah, not not have, you know, not people that are halfway to being supermodels going, "Oh, I'm a geek because uh I saw that uh Star Trek movie." Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, no, it's one kid throws up all the time and pees his pants. There's there's a Jewish kid who's half a sociopath, but whenever he does something really <laughs> terrible, he feels terribly guilty about it he afterwards. He has to pray about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a yeah, the girl whose mother committed suicide and becomes angry and violent because of that. Uh, Stretch. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Stretch, you get stuffed in a locker a lot. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, they're geeks to the degree yeah. they they communicate on ham radio at night. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, old school geeks, eighties geeks. Yeah, I would say not your father's geeks, but no, exactly your father's geeks. <laughs> not our father's geeks. These are the geeks we were. <laughs> so yes. okay, I, I get it. <laughs>
1: um, and and things go weird for them when one day a bunch of criminals show up at the girl's house and her dad chases them off with a shotgun only to discover later, spoilers, that her dad actually is friends with these criminals.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, there's very much an English vibe to this. Mm. And uh, not not just English, but also, uh, yeah, a timeless sense. Uh, I don't think we saw any cell phones. This could very easily take place in the 80s, which ex- would explain would, yeah. why 80s-style I- geeks. Yeah. Because there's also... Yes, they chase these uh, the father chases these criminals off, but then you know, later on <laughs> they offer these children a ride and they get in the car, <laughs> which certainly uh, growing up as an American in the 80s, I'm not sure I would even do. Right.
1: There's certainly a suggestion that this is taking place uh not now.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: A stretch has like patches on his Knee pad, like knee knee patches. <laughs> like
0: Yeah. But it's it, it was refreshing in the sense that the kids were not overly precocious. There was not a Goonies sense here, except maybe with uh, the girl character. And again, I, I didn't take any notes, and I forgot most her, of the characters. Her name is Paige. Yeah. I mean, she you know, is willing to... <laughs> If anybody has the uh, Joss Whedon precocious kids talking above their age, uh, the insult that she gives on the playground to the kid who starts bullying her about that how his mother was a cum dumpster and only because there were people too lazy to buy a new porno mag or something like that, it's a okay. I don't I don't know anybody in junior high school who had that level of vocabulary.
1: I don't know. I think Matthew Rosenberg was clearly following me around. Well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I uh went to a better school than you I don't know I'm a shittier school than you. I'm not sure what the answer is there, but well,
1: and also stretch clearly has headgear um as somebody who is out in the world today. when's the last time you saw a kid in headgear?
0: uh I looked in the mirror once when I was about thirteen. Yeah, you don't see that kid. they yeah, they must have come up with much better orthodontic uh <laughs> technology that hides better than we had in the eighties, yeah. Every time I look at pictures of me from 16 and 15 and 14, I'm reminded of that episode of that early episode of The Simpsons where Lisa got the terrible braces. Oh, we, <laughs> no! Here are the invisible braces. Oh, we don't have a dental plan. <laughs> You'll have to wear this, and don't get it wet or it'll <laughs> rust.
1: <laughs> but there's it's it's a, it's a it's a cute story. I, I'm curious to see where it's going to go. Clearly, it's implying that they're going to get involved in. Some sort of crime, as the crime caper on the front cover implies, and as as they say at chapter one, as far back as lunchtime, I always wanted to be a gangster. Yeah. <laughs> but there's some great dialogue in here. There's a lot of humor. The exchanges between um, Berger and his mom <laughs> when when he's trying to have the ham radio conversation with his friends at night. <laughs> yep. If you're calling one of those sex lines again, I will tell Rabbi Chen. <laughs> <laughs> Holy balls, mom! It was one time. Forget it already. I wish I could. You were wearing my brazier. <laughs> oh, Jesus.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's the, the most of the dialogue between the kids felt authentic to what I remember being yeah. junior high like. <laughs> uh, certainly, they have more balls than any of the rest of us did facing <laughs> down criminals. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, it's a, there was some fun to it. Absolutely. You know? and the legitimate and there was also tension built into it with the captioning. Yeah, the captioning of the kids showing, oh, this one wets his pants. Yeah. This one throws up every X- Oh, this one- Uh, The same
1: kid that that wets his pants also threw up. And it (laughs) it was- As as he's, like, throwing up, they right next to it, Fanta. Like
0: it just... <laughs> but then going to the criminals they're facing down, and one of them is oh, acquitted yeah, yeah. for four murders, yeah. committed three of them. It's, <laughs> uh, these are legitimately dangerous people, and they just don't know because to them their world is safe.
1: Right, and, and, and Berger is happy to, like, you know, Use a slingshot to throw a d and d character into somebody's eye, and that's the guy that like committed the murders
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's there's a certain amount of tension built into it, but there's just so much good chemistry and a, a generally authentic feel to the kid characters again there's there's a little bit of precociousness to uh, what was the name again page Paige, yeah uh that that didn't ring quite true, but you know hey, a good insult is a good insult, no matter where you read it from absolutely so. So yeah, there's there's some promise here. It it looks to be an interesting kind of crime story. And yeah, it's we certainly uh hate and fear children here at the Crisis on Infinite Midlife Home children Office. Are deaf. Uh, yeah, Let's not well, forget
1: help, helpful PSA just to you know carry you through the week. Remember, children are
0: deaf. Yeah. Well we uh we have a giant Batman <laughs> uh, on our mantelpiece we have a giant Batman poster. Uh, it's true. I'm trying to figure out where to put up the uh the new Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas uh, frame movie poster. Uh so <laughs> and I spend $150 a week on comic books. <laughs> I can do this because Parker the Cat does not want to go to college.
1: We can spend the entire weekend playing old school video games.
0: <laughs> That's right. So <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's uh, this book was a lot of fun. It is not your standard superhero book, and I don't see a hell of a lot of press uh, about it. So if you see it at your local comic book store, buy
1: it or ask them to order it for you.
0: Yes. Yes, this this one was fun, and it's a little bit off the beaten path. So. Yeah, but it's yeah. worth it. You're it. Lo- looking for something different in between uh, Fights and Tights, uh, we had some fun with this one. Yes. All so. right. Anything else we want to talk about, or should we wrap it up?
1: Um, I don't think we're going to get much better than that book and your declaration of the love of Dick Flash. Oh, come on.
0: <laughs> Never going to live that down, am I?
1: Never going to give it up. <laughs> oh. Oh.
0: <laughs> All right, let's take this pig in for a landing before I say something <laughs> else stupid.
1: Don't know. Where, where... Remember to use your commas, kids. <laughs>
0: Oh, Rob, how was the show? For a $10 (laughs) all-you-can-eat testicle fest. Don't know where you found this particular episode, but you can always find us at our home website, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. Uh, we are on Facebook, uh, clearly, uh, based on our depiction of things that have happened over the last couple of weeks, I have not been as active on there as I've tried to be. I'm gonna make more of an effort.
1: But thank you, those of you who, who have been coming by and, and liking the page. We appreciate it.
0: Yes, we absolutely do. And we certainly get messages through there, uh, in between having to run around, uh, with everything to start the new job, including peeing in a cup. God knows what I'm gonna <laughs> get back onto Facebook. But. You can always, uh, get in touch with us there. Uh, Facebook page is facebook.com slash crisis on infinite midlives. We are on Twitter. Even though I said Twitter is death before, we are there. <laughs> uh, our handle is at infinite midlife. Yep. We are on Tumblr, uh, crisis on infinite midlives dot tumblr dot com. You can find us on iTunes. And if you happen to use iTunes, despite all the 13th anniversary <laughs> iTunes, uh, think pieces that said it's, uh, really a terrible piece of software. <laughs> If you are on there, it does help people find the show. If you give us a rating or give us a review, or both, or both, uh, we are on Google Play we somehow. Are. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. You can stitcher.
1: We're on you stitcher? can find
0: us on Stitcher. <laughs> we're on TuneIn Radio. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. Oh my God, we're everywhere. We are just like a rash, <laughs> or some form of uh, herpes, rickets. Or, I don't know what <laughs> ringworm. <laughs> we're impossible to get rid of. E. coli. (laughs) And if if for some reason you want to get in touch with us and berate us about that, (laughs) you can always email us, crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com.
1: Explain to us why I'm wrong about this interpretation of Jay Garrick, which is a non-issue in my opinion.
0: Well, (laughs) and yes, call us ringworm. Either way. Whatever. One way or the other. This has been episode 111 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening and derp. The one true ringworm. (laughs) Uh, it's no dick flesh. Nope.